Welcome to the Watchers of the Skies program. We're here at the JDM studios of AUTV20. My colleague, Dennis Monacusos. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning. How are you today? <laughs> well. Doing great. We're joined here by some young men, three freshmen right up front, Steve and Jesse running the show, and Cade. You've got Brandon back there as well. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. We want our listeners to know that if they want to help students, they can reach out directly. You know, I, I've got folks, Dennis, who talk to me often about giving to the institution. We've had an extraordinary year, as you probably know, this year in terms of fundraising. We've raised uh, this year toward our capital campaign. It's actually a comprehensive campaign. With a $50 million goal, we're over $70 million with a year to go. And so sometimes folks get intimidated and say, Carlos, I can't give you a $5 million gift like I know you just received from Bob and Jan Archer, that uh, terrific couple who live in our community. But I want them to know that any one of these students would tell you even a $500 gift towards scholarships is meaningful. It, it will sure. help a student. We have a student emergency fund, so folks can give. Just write to us at president at ashland.edu, and we'll put those dollars in the student emergency fund. I remember last semester we literally had a student who said, I've got to choose between a transmission and going to school next semester. And, and you know that situation occurs from time to time. So that's where we can step in and our listeners can step in to help as well. But we're here to talk about tough topics. We've got a tough one on our agenda today, Dennis. It's anti-Semitism and its rise, particularly on college campuses here in Ohio. As a matter of fact, here's the headline. Campus, campus and Jewish leaders discuss anti-Semitism in Athens. And this is not Athens, Greece, no. where your family hails from, but right. instead it's right here in Athens, Ohio. Give our listeners some context for that headline. Right, so there's the, the campus there, Ohio University in Athens, and um, it's not entirely clear everything that happened. One of the things, or there, there's a report of, of two particular things. It may have been one student, maybe two students, and uh, so what I saw was, was this. So it was at a, a chapter meeting for a girl's sorority, and one of the girls in the sorority says that, or she thought that there were no Jews in Europe, which is strange, not really anti-Semitic exactly, but just kind of a very strange thing to say. That is, that is. Uh, but then the other remark was that there was a tiny little accident not worth mentioning, which, at least in the context, was at least assumed to be a reference to the Holocaust and to denying it, which is, you know, you always wonder with these things, is it a matter of, of ignorance or is it something more malicious? Right. Is it intentionally? Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's unclear. It's certainly still something that's going to be very unpleasant. And, and to say not worth mentioning, I mean, that, that gives it this kind of poisonous spin, yes. right? So if you say, if you, if you for some reason don't think it happened, well, all right, there's still an, an issue there that needs to be addressed. But it might not be malicious. But, but I mean, this is clearly kind of twisting the knife. And the, the student, it was a Jewish student who was thinking of joining the sorority, and it's like, uh, no thanks. Right. Let, let, me, let me out of here. And, um, you know, and this, this started clearly rather a, a ruckus up there, understandably so. That, um, well, go ahead. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And one of the things that perhaps came out of this discussion, which I've been in higher ed a long time. I don't think I've ever seen a head of state of our particular state in this case respond in this fashion. But we actually had our governor, Mike DeWine, write a letter just a, a week ago to all college and university presidents. And in particular, he says, because of Hanukkah, especially, he says, I want to ask you and your campus communities to be mindful of issues facing our Jewish students across Ohio. And he's very specific about the fact that 
We strive to be safe places, but for many of our Jewish students today, that's not the case. And that cases of anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiments have been reported on our campuses here in Ohio and nationally. And he references Hillel International. I didn't know this until researching for this podcast, but one of the things I realized was that OSU has the second oldest Hillel in all of uh, America, Hillel, a, a Jewish organization for students. We're actually looking at developing Hillel on our campus, but one, when the governor writes a letter like this, it's clear that he is alarmed at this shift and change. You know, I will, will be frank, Dennis, that I certainly have seen anti-Israel sentiment rising on campuses. You know, when I think about this whole idea of Israel's freedom, you know, their independence, what lands are disputed, you know, what is Palestine, what, you know, what should be the rights of Palestinians, we're not going to settle that discussion today. But I I have sensed that we have taken a minority viewpoint, uh, perhaps maybe that was a, it was a minority viewpoint maybe 20 or 30 years ago, and suddenly the argument now against Israel uh, seems to be flourishing on campuses, mm-hmm. and Israel as oppressor, Israel as, uh, you know, uh, all of the sort of slurs that seem to go against Israel now seems to feeding in, be feeding into a, a rise in anti-Semitism on college campuses. Right, and, and it's... Um yeah, it's, it's interesting, this shift, because one of the standard lines is, well, we're not criticizing, we're not anti-Semitic, we're just criticizing Israel and their policies. Right. But it seems increasingly to be done with a wink, right, where this is just, you know, it's, it's, it's code, it's dog whistles, and it's obvious. Well, I mean, it, it can be both. But, can be both. But, I mean, it, it, it does transfer over to a more generalized anti-Semitism than, than just that. And, and I, I don't know... I mean, so you can obviously tell me much more about this and the, the context here and in Ohio. In many universities, the, the so-called BDS movement is extremely, is extremely popular and has a lot of vocal support, that being the boycott, Boy. diversify, um, or not diverse, divest, Divide. and sanctions uh, movement against Israel. Um, is that present very, very, to any extent in, in Ohio, as far as you know? And it's, it is not that popular, if you will, in Ohio. I know that we have taken a specific stance here at Ashland to say that we oppose the BDS movement. We don't believe that taking political stances makes sense. Plus, because of our brethren heritage, we support Israel. And we we support the proliferation of a tolerance toward all faiths on our campus as well. But the BDS movement is alive and well on campuses. It is growing. Uh, You know, uh, the uh, Anti-Defense League, they are tracking this kind of information. And of course, ADL has made it clear that anti-Semitism and cases of anti-Semitic remarks and actions are on the rise on campuses across America. So, you know, we think, you know, you you made a reference, uh, Dennis, that, you know, it may seem like saying something negative about Israel really shouldn't be seen as anti-Semitic, but I think we both realize that the Holocaust doesn't happen in a single day or year even. Uh, I think it was E.M. Forster that said the Holocaust began when people not only started telling Jewish jokes, but laughing at them. You know, it seems like 
a, a simple thing. As a matter of fact, I saw recently online, Jews were asked their favorite Jewish jokes, you know, and, and, and maybe I'm making too much of it. Uh, I'll never forget hearing Joan Rivers say, how did we get the Grand Canyon? A Jew lost a quarter. Right, so there you go. Right. Your background is Jewish. That's right. Your natural response is to laugh at such a thing. But you know what Forrester was saying is, it, it's you must dehumanize someone to get to the point where you you are doing right. the atrocities to a fellow human being, someone created in the image of God, that not just the Germans but others did to Jews, and not just during the Holocaust. Right. So, right. Dennis, you know I'm going to go back to English history. And when I think about Edward, Edward I, you know, in 1290, divesting Jews from England, you know, some reports say that 300 were hanged in London during that period of time. You know, I know that the legacy of Edward was still in play when Shakespeare, uh, I'm, I'm a bardophile for sure, when, you know, when Shakespeare is writing and he writes Merchant of Venice. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, some people believe that Rodrigo Lopez, right, so a fellow Spaniard, Rodrigo Lopez, who was, he was the doctor to the queen. We believe that Shylock from Merchant of Venice was based mm -hmm. upon Rodrigo Lopez. He was many Spaniards, right? So there are no Jews in England, basically, for hundreds of years. Right. There were, right, but uh, they were uh, having to live below the radar, if you will. But Spaniard merchants started coming to Portuguese and others came to England, and Rodrigo was among them. He was obviously a, a physician, put that in quotes, but my, my point is, when they came and they were asked about their Jewish heritage, almost all of them had to deny it. As a matter of fact, even though Elizabeth seemed to favor him, there were some, there were some concerns about his Jewish ancestry, so much so that he was brought forward to uh, literally be hung and quartered, and he was to Elizabeth's dismay, but one of the things that he said in his defense was that I love England and I love, as much as I love Jesus Christ, something along those lines. And people laughed out loud because they said that's an affirmation of his hatred toward England because right. he, he was saying that you know, in that fashion. So he's literally hung and quartered. My point is that anti-Semitism runs deep. I mean, of course, even uh, you know, before 1290, uh, sure. Jews were persecuted everywhere. We've had offline conversations about our admiration for Martin Luther, but not in yeah. his response to Jews, right? So here's one of the areas where Luther really missed it, especially in the last 10 years of his life, where some of his writings literally are completely intolerable. Right. But I think our, the point is that the encultured opposition to Jews, which some say is theological, some say is sociological. There are a lot of ways to do this. Usury is one of the issues right. that, that came forward. You know, usury was uh, illegal in lots of countries, right? Right, yeah. So the, the idea was that to, to develop businesses, you had to, to get loans, but to have, a, to have the lender have any sense in doing it, they'd need to get some interest. Right. Christians were not allowed to they take interest from other Christians. For that matter, Jews weren't allowed to take interest from other Jews. But so the clever means of getting around this was Christians would loan from would would would, would borrow money from Jews, and then of course, and, and, and it's not just that; it's that Jews weren't allowed into the trades. Correct. So there were only so many occupations even available be. to them, mm -hmm. right? And so then, of course, it's ah, the, the Jews are greedy. Look at them; they just want money. Well, <laughs> this is the job you gave them, right. and and this was a trick that you guys were using to get around usury laws. So you know, come on, but but that was used as an excuse to, to create the stereotype of, of the, the Jew as the greedy money, money lender and so on, and then to persecute them for this. So, right. fantastic, right? 
No question. And of course, Shylock is a, a very difficult character. There's no other way to say it. You know, one of the things that I've been e even hearing about modern commentators is that they're not sure that that play should ever be staged again. You know, from their perspective, the portrayal of Shylock is so difficult to deal with. You know, here's a man who wants a pound of flesh, he demands a pound of flesh, uh, seems greedy to uh, kill another human being over this uh, and seems hateful. You know, but the, the play ends with Shylock, Shylock being forced to renounce his Jewish beliefs and accept Christianity. You know, and, and other people who've commented about the play say it's an incredibly important historical drama, even for the fact that not just in Shakespeare's day, but for, you know, of course, through the Inquisition and many other times in, in world history, that's precisely what Jews were forced to do. And that sort of atrocity shows to how religious intolerance can be taken to the nth degree. You know, we are both followers of Jesus Christ, himself a Jew, and to think that he was able to say, Father, forgive them, and he wasn't speaking just to Jews, right? So right. the idea of, you know, were Jews or Romans responsible, you know, lots of theologians would say neither, right? Christ laid down right. his life, and so to blame others was already a mistake, but it wasn't long, right? Maybe a hundred years after Christ's death before that label was placed firmly upon Jews, and ever since, and, and before, right, before Christ, uh, Jews were already a persecuted people. My point is, now on college campuses, we have a responsibility, not just to Jewish students. You know, it wasn't maybe a year ago where Muslim students were feeling like they were the, uh, under attack. And even before a year ago, when we saw the awful atrocities at 9-11. Right. I'll never forget, Dennis, I was with a, a group in England not too long after that, and a man who was Iraqi was talking, and he was living in New York City, and he was a merchant in New York City, and he was Muslim, and right after 9-11, he talked about his experience, and I said, I know what's coming. I know he's going to say that he, for the first time, felt discrimination, and people hurled things at his place of business, and he was forced to shut down, and it's not what he said. He said he saw such an outpouring of love from the people around him in New York City who came to him and said, we know you, we know your background, and no matter what your faith, we believe in you and helped him rebuild his business. And he said, in my own home country, that isn't true today. He was a religious minority in his own country. He said, I have to fear for my life in my home country. And he said, in the U.S., even in the face of 9-11 and the horrible backlash that almost anyone from the Middle East had to face. My own brother-in-law, who's darker skinned, you know, he said he was stopped at airports left and right because people assumed he was Middle Eastern. <laughs> and, you know, all the rhetoric and the incredibly unfortunate dialogue that went on that said, you know, basically conflating the fact that, yes, these people who perpetuated the attack were Muslims, and so let's go ahead and just say all Muslims are of this background or belief. And, you know, that fallout probably continues in our culture. But it's that kind of thing that we have to stand against as a university, and I think particularly as a religiously affiliated university. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, well, I could ask along those lines. Sure. What are we doing concretely for, for that? Well, great question. You know, we actually had one of our alums who's Jewish, <laughs> and he's not practicing, but it's part of, part of his ancestry. He reached out to us recently and set up a scholarship that he wanted to help Jewish students to acclimate on our campus. And you know, you know what he said? He said, Carlos, I had a great experience at Ashland. 
He said, but it wasn't without its struggles. There were times when I was called out for being a Jew and I felt some discrimination on campus, but for the most part, I was welcomed. And not only that student, but we have a dean who is uh, Israeli born, uh, Elad Granot, great leader who leads our business school. And he has helped us also become more aware and attuned to how is our campus ensuring that not just Jewish students, but other students mm -hmm. are being honored and respected. So let me give you a couple of specific examples. We are moving forward to establish this scholarship for students. We are moving forward to develop a, a Hillel on our campus as well and seeing if it's something that we might qualify for. You know, we just had the lighting of the menorah earlier uh, this week on our campus. It's a small thing, Dennis, but I don't, I think what it reflects is bigger. And it's not just that we do it, but on, on episodes like this, we highlight it. We highlight it in the media intentionally because we want people to know that we respect those traditions as well on our campus. You know, we have an Office of Christian Ministry on our campus, but Dr. Charles Neff, who leads that ministry, would be the first to tell you that if a Muslim needs a prayer space on our campus, they will be afforded that space. Mm -hmm. We have a fair amount of Muslim students on our campus who come to us because we're a dry campus, we're a campus who's values-based, and they say, we feel at home here. We feel welcomed and respected here on our campus. So we are continuing to review our practices and policies to ensure that, yes, we are being true to our brethren roots, but also being open to students of all faiths. But I think that since the governor literally wrote this letter a week ago, we need to look again and see, are we being very specific in reaching out to our students? You know, I found out just uh, recently that we don't ask this, the question about your religious affiliation to our students. So we're not even sure how many Jewish students are on our campus now. So we think surveying our current student body, seeing who's on our campus, and then reaching out to the Jewish communities in our region. Columbus and Cleveland come to mind as two areas that have large Jewish populations. Mm -hmm. And to be intentional and recruiting students intentionally, I think, again, would be another step in that direction where we'd say, not only are we welcoming students, we are inviting them and wanting to highlight and honor their traditions as well. Right, now that would be, that would be wonderful to be sure. One of the things that, that struck me in, in the article yes. that we were referring to earlier was in the midst of the controversy with that, that the, the young woman who was trying to enter the sorority and then changed her mind, was a local rabbi saying that there is no anti-Semitism at Ohio University or Athens as a whole, and it's insulting to OU students to suggest otherwise. So it's one of these kind of buzzwords, and, and one that I'm not always thrilled with, but uh, this idea of having a conversation. Mm. Um, how, how does one broach this, this kind of thing over, over here, right? So I mean, if you actually have someone saying, you know, doing the kind of the Sergeant Schultz and saying, I, I know nothing um, as a response to that, um, how do we, do we address it? I mean, so the governor was, again, very proactive. He and, was, very and pointed. All, right on top of that. Uh, and, and one thing I found in, in, in my life um, is that, uh, so again, I have a Jewish background as well, um, so one, one side of the family, and very, very rarely have I encountered anything that's kind of overtly anti-Semitic. That's great. Um, and it's, it's more just a little sort of, little things will pop up here and there. Sure. That, that will play off of some stereotype, and, and often not even realizing that I'm, that I'm Jewish. 
So it, it, it seems that it's mild, but there's this sort of undercurrent that, that's there. And I will say, and of course, we, we don't have time to get into it at any detail, but it's that intentionality about recognizing that undercurrent and dealing with it. And that's what I hope we continue to do on our campus. We thank you for joining us today on the Watchers of the Skies program, taking on the rise of anti-Semitism, a tough topic. We couldn't cover it all in 20 minutes, but we're grateful that you were with us, and we ask that you join us again on the Watchers of the Skies here from Ashland University, AUTV20.